hey, real quick, if you can and you're willing to support us uh, in whatever way you can, we always really appreciate it. And with the best ways to do that, go to patreon.com slash podcast. Pick a tier that's right for you and support us if you can. We would really appreciate you. Lots of really cool benefits there. Go check them out. Also, don't give up the ship apparel. It's dgutsapparel.com. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool shower shoes, little like uh, drawstring bags, all kinds of cool stuff, a bunch of really cool custom stickers, and then the challenge coins and, and don't give up the ship podcast apparel is there as well. So please, if you can and you're willing to support us, Go to those two places uh, and find whatever way works best for you. It's dgutsapparel.com and patreon.com slash dgutspodcast. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. This one, um, it's kind of a product of the chief season. Um, I've had a couple conversations lately about a lot of the stuff surrounding it. Put out the episode that Bob did um, about the kind of like the who um, who tells you what, how things are communicated to you, um, whether or not those things are attached to a training objective or whatever. Um, and it kind of brought me to this idea of, of um, what <laughs> is affectionately known during the chief season as uh, spoon feeding when guys like me do it, where uh, you go look at like all the initiation chronicle stuff. Um, I'm currently fighting a desire to do like a an episode just opening my charge book and vessel and showing the world because there's still apparently people out there that think it's like super secret squirrel stuff. Um, but and I talked to like Damo and Damon on the uh, Permission to Speak Freely podcast I did recently. And if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Those guys are amazing. Um, but yeah, I I. I been thinking about it a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot in the context of like, like, why do I do it? Um, the way that I do it and, and certainly other people do it similarly or the same. And then why don't other people approach it the same way or similarly based on those reasons, like the reasons that I have for doing it. And so I guess I wanted to kind of go down the rabbit hole of like why I approach, um, leadership development the way that I do. Uh, there's, there's a, and, and part of the reason I'm, I'm approaching it this way is because the chief season kind of shines a spot, big bright spotlight on the alternate path, I guess, or like the opposite of like kind of letting them figure it out. Uh, and you'll see a lot of that in that hot wash episode where those new chiefs are describing the, feelings that they had of going through the chief season and just being in put in positions where they had to just like figure out what the point of it was, figure out what the, uh, like the training objective was instead of being told, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And then going through an evolution and and learning what there is to learn because you're aware of it ahead of time. Um, and, and there's arguments to be made that there's value to, a journey of self-discovery, right? Of like a validating hard thing that you don't necessarily know the reason ahead of time. Maybe it's explained to you after the fact, like there's certainly team building exercises I've seen that have been really successful based on that type of a premise where we're going to like put you in the situation, um, have you try to problem solve and, and team work your way out of this thing. And then at the end, after you fumble through it or it like towards the end, um, 
it's sort of explained like, hey, here's the here's what you're supposed to be doing and here's what you're supposed to get out of this. And kind of they have that aha moment and and successfully complete the exercise or at least leave it with the lesson they were supposed to gain. Um, but what what I don't like about it, it, there are there are, of course, like I just covered there, there are unique situations that I would categorize as rare, um, but definitely, definitely use cases that I would agree with where um, like that's the move. But the vast majority of the time I'm interacting with people that are the end users of my leadership as a leader, that's not the case. And, and particularly outside of the chief season, which is only six weeks a year approximately. And um, you're, you're not using that style of um, leadership development generally. Uh, not that, again, not that you couldn't. There's certainly team building exercises are cool. Like if you've ever been a part of anything, even if it's just like a mandatory fun thing that turns out to be dope, like uh, like going zip lining or something, I don't know, or doing some kind of like a, a team building exercise. It's actually a lot of fun. But uh, it, when you're talking about like an everyday punch in the clock, like we're on the ship, we're doing the thing or we're getting ready to do the thing uh, or we're training or whatever, um, it's generally not going to happen that way. And I guess the reason I have such an issue with um, with leaders functioning in a way where it's like they either generally what you see is they either assume sailors just know things or they they it's like as a result of them not knowing things themselves they um express like a sort of frustration with those sailors about those things hopefully i'm not conf like i feel like this might get a little confusing but what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is a lot of the leadership that you encounter that uh, is frustrating it, are frustrated themselves for reasons that um, they're not going to explain to you and you're not generally going to be aware of unless something like horribly public happened and everybody knows of kind of why that leader is frustrated and having a hard time with um with like just doing their job and functioning as a normal human being. But in, in the case of your interaction with them, it's you don't understand why they're having such a hard time as a leader um, that it feels like that frustration generally stems from a need not being met. And I know, Oh God, do you guys just going down the Maslow rabbit hole again? And it's like, not really. I'm just saying when somebody's ostracized from a group, right? Whether it's um, like a chief in the chief's mess, whether it's a sailor in the division or the work center, or uh, just a person in a friend group or any type of you, like you want a sense of belonging with some type of community, but you, you either can't get it or have been denied it for reasons, right? It could be you did something wrong. It could be you just, they just don't want to accept you into their group, whatever. Like the, I, there could be a million reasons why, but Whenever a, a person is denied a sense of belonging, it's going to result in like a almost like a retaliatory response. Like they're 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 looking f to like get back at, at somebody or something as a means of like 
mood enhancement almost like as a means of like uh just this like cathartic sense of like oh well you didn't let me in to the group or you didn't provide me with the sense of belonging that i felt i was entitled to for whatever reason so i'm gonna get you back um it's a very real human emotion like a human reaction to to some type of a conflict right like it's I'm not going to say never, but like there are times I could tell you like I would 100% retaliate against somebody in a pretty, I mean, they're usually pretty cut and dry contexts, I would think. But like, I think the vast majority of the time I I would like to think that I would maturely big brain my way out of the situation, communicate, whatever, and like not end the conflict with something that um, is like petty and, and uh, like aggressive. But at the same time, I'm a human being just like everybody else and I have limits. So um, I think in a weird way, what you can see a lot of the times when you're interacting with a leader who who doesn't have the tools to communicate with you properly, to leverage your motivators the way I always talk about, to um, communicate that they care about you, to meet your needs, right? What you're largely dealing with is somebody who themselves, just like you, and that's the that's the part that I feel like is an, it's important to convey. Just like you, they're not having needs met somehow, some way. Maybe it's personal, maybe it's professional, maybe it's both. But something's happening that's denying them a need. That's like I I, I clue in on a sense of belonging a lot because I find that that's the most common in my experience. Um, certainly, there's other needs that could result in some type of a, a similar response, but. When you get kind of cut off from a group that you feel like you identify with and even maybe you like have some sense of entitlement to belong to, right? Like like when I was a when I was a young chief, I was I was 28 when I made chief um, and went into a mess full of dudes that were this is pre enlisted women on submarines um, went into a mess of dudes that were like in their thirties or above and had like two and a half kids and a dog and a wife and a whatever, you know, like I, I didn't identify with those people. Um, I, I was proud of, to be a chief. I felt a sense of belonging, like in a way to the organization. Um, but it was, it was very weird and isolating and lonely because like, I didn't, I, I didn't feel like I had anything to talk about with these people, except when we're talking about things professionally, like in the context of being a better chief, how do I do these things correctly? How do I take care of my people? Stuff like that. Like, but as far as like, when you see like chiefs hanging out with people, like I, these are, I mean, these are my elders, dude. Like I didn't feel like I had anything in common with them. Um, and I, for a while, I felt that way, too, because I never I didn't get married until I was in my 30s. Um, well, the second time, the one that is currently <laughs> enduring because she's awesome and I love her to death. Um, but it's I wasn't like properly married and like considering a family and buying a home and doing all those things. I mean, I was like 35 or something like that. Um so I was still in this like single sailor mindset of like I was renting a one bedroom apartment, um, spent too much money on a car as a midlife crisis thing. And uh, yeah, it was weird. It, I didn't um, 
I didn't feel like I belonged really. So like I really wasn't getting that sense of belonging from that group. And I and it, there was a time where I kind of felt like <sighs> wronged a little bit by the organization. It was on a lower level because the Chiefs mess wasn't doing anything overtly. It was just the nature of my mess in particular, but also just the the beat. It's that's the beast. It's like I made chief early. And as a result, there wasn't a lot of similarities. I wasn't similar in age and interests and anything. Um, but I felt because of the fraternization rules and everything else, I felt kind of um, like singled out in a way or like just wronged where it was like, I need to have friends too. And in the environment I was in, it, like it was weird because it was special, right? It was submarine special projects. We were deploying a ton. We were super, super busy. And I didn't have time to like go do normal things and like make friends outside of work or at least outside of the hull of that submarine so that the fraternization thing wasn't uh, an issue. And so um, to a large extent, I was super isolated during that tour and didn't have and thank God we were so busy because like I'm able to interact with the people that I'm more likely like my demographic minus the chief part uh just by being on the submarine and we're all so close that it like if I got that community uh, sense of belonging need kind of met there and and it was like thank God we were deploying constantly because had we not been I wouldn't have been able to do that at, at this in the same way um, and I think it would have been a lot more difficult for me and so like I would have probably become pretty miserable. I would have had a hard time doing a lot of the things that I was responsible for doing and my juniors would have felt it. Um, it's a pretty common, like logical explanation that junior sailors come up with about like, um, if my chief is miserable with me, my chief must be miserable. And you're, it's like, you're not wrong. Like you're not, you're not entirely, uh, inaccurate in your analysis of like what's probably happening there. And they may not even be aware of it, which is a weird psychology rabbit hole. We don't have to go down right now, but, um, I'm probably going to write an article about this soon. I just got to find the right stuff. I'm trying to get back into that as well for the thought lab stuff, but it's a lot of times it could be, they're just frustrated because they were never taught the tools, uh, like never developed as a leader themselves. So they don't, they were never shown the tools to, to productively meet your needs and do all the things that they should be doing. And that's, what's frustrating them. And that's probably the most common I would think, but also I think it's like that plus uh, like compounded by uh, other things like they're not like maybe they're having issues uh, in the mess. Like maybe they're being ostracized for some reason. It happens. I've had chiefs contact me via the podcast platform and we've talked it out about how they feel like they're being isolated or um, ostracized or singled out or whatever. Um, and a lot of times they are. And it's it sometimes it's just a feeling that that maybe they're blown out of proportion. But the vast majority of the time it's like you are. So like, why are you? And you got to go down the, you got to go through solving that and figuring that out um, because there are certain things that could cause that. Um, it's, it's, it's a community of people, of, of flawed, imperfect people that like you, human nature gets a vote, human psychology gets a vote. Everybody's human psychology is going to be different based on what's going on in their lives and the experiences they had leading up to that point and the way in which they were developed as a leader and a person and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, no matter what we say, no matter what we like slap on a sticker or like a shirt or whatever, it's like 
it's still a very imperfect organization full of imperfect people. And so you, you have to understand that not just for the, the end users, but prim, like primarily for the, the, the sake of this conversation, the leadership, it's like if if they're behaving in a way that makes them an extremely uh, difficult leader to deal with and, and not just for you personally, because um, that could just be a, a different thing, like where it's like a communication issue. It's a, they don't know how to meet your need in particular. So it's just like a leadership issue. Like they need to learn the tool to be able to meet your individual specific need, but they're like largely meeting everyone else's needs. Um, that's kind of a different, unique case. I'm talking about like somebody that it's just like they, they are universally viewed or, or close to it as like just a difficult leader that doesn't, take care of their people or is hard to deal with and hard to communicate with. And, um, largely everybody just kind of like, yeah, they're miserable and don't really like their, their job or their life, or they're just what, you know what I mean? Like it's very, they're very easy to, to spot. And it's like, when you have those, the unapproachable ones, (laughs) um, that's, that's a common label that's attached. Uh, it's usually they're having, issues with a need not being met and sadly are are kind of like lashing out and um the reason why i spoon feed is is, (laughs) like to loop back around like the reason and i say spoon feed like because that's what people call it i call it like mentorship like leadership development i don't i don't see it as i just call it like good communication where like i don't want it to be a mystery I don't ever want anybody who comes to me for uh, leadership guidance to ever feel like they were left in the dark or they just missed um, the the training objective because I never communicated it because we're treating it like it's some secret squirrel thing. Like it's I don't want I don't ever want anyone if I can help it to walk away from any type of leadership interaction feeling like their need wasn't met and that they don't like perfectly understand exactly what I'm trying to communicate, exactly why I'm trying to communicate it, exactly why that's important, on and on it goes. And and particularly within the boundaries of leadership development and education, I don't ever, I don't ever want anything to be a mystery. I don't ever want anything to escape your grasp or understanding. I don't ever want you to miss it because I've set up the lesson delivery in a way where you just got to figure it out and maybe you survive to the end of the team building exercise like during initiation but no one ever took the time to explain it to you and you didn't you didn't grasp it on your own and so now you've just completely missed that and or one of the things that we like to kind of say during the cheese season like you're going to have these aha moments right in the next like year like where something happens and it clicks and i'm not saying that's entirely negative cuz sometimes that's just going to happen you're going to learn lessons through experiencing a thing and sometimes that's ex- that experience comes from you you know like face planning like going ow oh, that hurt i don't want to do that again and then like learning by that pain that you had to experience so like oh, okay i don't want to do that again so i'm going to do it differently uh, in the future but almost all of those things I feel like I can at least lessen the pain you have to go through if not like teach you through my own painful experience and scar tissue that you can avoid it by doing this instead or by I can I can like build those tools into you through my experience and chiefs love to say it's we're a product of our experience 
So why would I not impart all those lessons that I possibly can into you, however long it takes, however you know painful it can be sometimes when we're communicating those things. I want you to leave with everything I've got. I want you to wring me out like a dish rag so that you just get every last drop of goodness that can be even a little like infinitesimus infinitesimally, I think I think I said that right. Useful to you ever so that you can be better than me, so that you can go forward with all of that knowledge to draw on. And like I mean, I say hopefully, but hope's not a plan. Like I want you to be able to avoid every single mistake I ever made. And I know that like striving for perfection is not realistic, but I'm not gonna not do it. Like I I I I want you to take everything you possibly can from me and I want every leader to be in that same position where they're they're like, I want you to take every single good thing you possibly can and every like positive lesson you can from every negative thing I ever experienced to go for and do great things, to best take care of your people, to be the best leader you can possibly be, to be, for yourself be happy and healthy and, and uh do just an incredible job doing this thing. Like we always talk about in the context of training our relief, how I like, I don't want to train you to be good enough. I want to train you to be far better than me. And that potential exists within a lot of you as a baseline, but also like if I can give you the answers to the test before you get tested and that's allowed, like why wouldn't I? Why would I not? Why would I want you to discover these things by going through that pain on your own? Um, and that's how I approach everything I do with leadership development and education. It's like there, there's no secrets here. There's no mysteries that I am going to like intentionally leave unsolved because I've I've warped my thinking into believing that like there's something to be gained by you figuring it out on your own. Um I can say that like through a lot of the things that we do during initiation, it's like those things are built, should be in my, in my analysis should be built around self-actualization, which I've talked about a ton with the whole acceptance thing and some other things, but also just like a, it's like a galvanization process. It's like, I just, these aren't things you should be hearing for the first time. I'm using these team building exercises and the events that we go through to build things into you to stay like I, I'm building in staying power. I'm building in not necessarily the lesson itself, but the importance of the lesson. I'm trying to drive home and make it stick like how important these things are and how much you're going to need to draw on them and how seriously you need to take them and how hard they can be. Um, my buddy told me a cool story about um it was a SEAL team. I'm trying to, I, I think it was um, like the Operation Red Wings team uh, The it, where like a chief, they had on their coin, it said heavy metal. And I was like, well, why does it say heavy metal? And he was talking about it, it was a way that somebody described to a, a new chief that like, hey, your ankle anchors are heavy metal. And he meant it in like both ways, like, like it's cool, right? And like, uh, it's important and it's something that you should be proud of. And so it's heavy metal, like just because you're associating it with something that you consider to be cool, but also heavy metal in that these anchors are heavy. It comes with a burden. It comes with a cost. Um, and I thought that was really cool because it's a great way of of driving the point home of like, look, this is a big deal. 
Uh, you hear like amongst us commoners, you hear like, like earn your anchors every day. And like, you'll hear people say the anchors are heavy and stuff like that. But um, I really liked that way of expressing it. I thought it was very cool and something that would translate very well. But also like, it's just, I don't believe that there, that any secrecy surrounding any of the things that we do ever makes any sense like if anything it should be there's there are and i've said it a million times like there are are always and it's not it's not unique to the chief season there are moments in leadership where you're gonna have vulnerable interactions like intimate conversations where very personal stories or things are shared and like emotions are are conveyed and and that kind of stuff doesn't need to be done on a stage like that doesn't need to be done in front of a group of people um, outside of the ones that are relevant to that type of an exchange outside of that. And that I would just call like general normal privacy, whether you're talking about a counseling session with a sailor that's having a hard time or you're talking about the chief's initiation season when those moments happen outside of that, there's nothing secret about it and there shouldn't shouldn't be treated that way. And I don't really care if you see what's in my vessel or my charge book or whatever. I'm doing it right now. I'm going to go get my vessel. <laughs> don't run away. Um, it's hanging out up here. Hopefully it doesn't fall on me and try to kill me. Uh, oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble. All the, all the people in the, in, in the uh, Navy Times comment section are going to absolutely light me on fire. I'm gonna drop this on the ground probably. Maybe I'll edit this out. Like the me getting it part since it's such a dumpster fire, but here we go. I don't wanna drop it. All right, so a lot of, cause like, <laughs> I'm just putting my money where my mouth is here because like, I don't think it should be mysterious. I don't think it should be a secret. And I don't think there's any value to that outside of Maybe some people might think it's like cooler because like, oh, I want to get the secret decoder ring and like figure out what's going on there. But um, there's nothing like there's nothing secret about it. And I, I feel like the sense of secrecy, if you've ever reviewed the tradition of change document, um, the that secrecy part comes from like just like a, no, a knowing uh, that a lot of the stuff they're doing was probably ethically and morally wrong back then. Um, and that just kind of like hung on but um so uh this is i'm gonna cover my name up just because i'm that guy but this is my vessel it's got some cool stuff on it. it's it got some coins uh from the ship when i made it and it's got my fish and my dsi pin and an anchor and stuff and it ties shut on this cool little cleat right here that's what the string hanging there's for right so then on the inside and it, it it starts off more as like a um it's kind of there's a journal mechanism to it. There is um, some heritage stuff and a, the big thing, the charges, right? That's why it's called. Well, it's not exactly why it's called the charge book. You can go check out Tradition Change to find out why. But and I've done an episode on that as well. But um, it's the, ch the charges that you get from the chiefs, senior chiefs, master chiefs, retired and active duty, whatever, who and whoever else like some some. Uh, sometimes they have like your wife put a charge in it and some other stuff, but the charges um, nowadays, modernly are, it's like a mentorship session. Like you sit down, 
Um, you have your charge book. This is my charge book. They're all kind of decorated differently. Um, that's my last name, but whatever. <laughs> they're they're all kind of done differently. This is an old wash khaki shirt. Um, they had discontinued the uniform back in the day, but like they wanted it covered in khaki material, so we did it that way. And the in this pocket, I have like the pens because you you get tasked with a bunch of stuff, and it's like different colored pens are involved. So that's where all my pens are is in the pocket, which we thought was pretty cool. And this actually buttons shut. It's harder to do nowadays because I have so much crap in it. Um, but the charges are, it's a mentorship session where you sit down. Um, there's a thing that like, and they talked about it in the hot wash episode where you like learn this shtick that you have to like say to get a charge. And I, that's why I always tell people like, that's one of the things where I'm like, look, I get it. Like it was a little fun uh, when I was going through it, I guess it like added some levity sometimes depending on who you're interacting with. But like, I'm just like, you don't, I don't, don't call me most honorable anything. Don't like, don't, you don't got to say any shtick. Just like ask me for a charge. I, I'm here for you. Um, and then basically like you sit down and they write a charge, right? So like, I'll give you a for example, right? So like we got, I want to cover names up um, just in case these dudes don't want their names on here, but this is what they look like. And so like we had to put stuff on the page. It's got like. Uh, their names and their active duty start dates and also their information and they they write a big thing kind of everybody's kind of develops their own general thing right like if you if you contact me for a charge uh, it's typed out and unless I know you personally I might do something a little different but um, it's I, I have distilled it down to like a one page thing where I generally say the same thing over and over again because it's just like this is the kind of stuff that I'd like to share um, with somebody that doesn't know me super well, um, it's like these are the things that I think are the most important, I guess. Um, and so they sign your book. and But the best part is like, so they I can go back to this. I can read this. It's like a, a resource I can go back to over and over again. If for no other reason than nostalgia. But like I get a lot of like... Um, little nuggets here and there. And, and it's cool to see how far I've come to like my journal entries. Oh, they're hilarious. Um, but you get, so generally you do it rank order the entries and stuff, and then you just get charges from all these people. So I have charges from, uh, most of the chiefs that were on my ship. Uh, some of them I didn't get, um, and they were the unapproachable ones shockingly. And then a bunch of other random people that I've encountered along the way. Uh, and then it went on where I was like, a, I was a sponsor. And so I had the people that I sponsored, um, sign a chart, put a charge in my book. I've had just other people along the way that I felt were important, uh, put a charge in my book. Um, and I always thought it was, it was super fun and cool. And then it also turned into like a scrapbook. So I have a bunch of stuff, um, where, and I'll show you, I've talked about it on the podcast. So like, I have like this, like, stuff in here. This is one of my, my very first A school class I taught. And then this is something that a sailor of mine, one of my A school students put up thanking me for all the help along the way um, as they promoted or whatever. I have stuff from like when I ran the chief season in here, um, all kinds of, it's just like, it's a scrapbook. It's exactly that. And my, I've talked about it on the podcast, but like my favorite thing in here um, I got a card when I was an ace. So I got like my senior chief stuff in here. This is where like my, I highlighted the nav admin when I made senior chief and like put all the other stuff in there. And the first, one of my old students, uh, shout out to Emily. She was one of the, that she was at my wedding. She's an incredible human being. Um, she, uh, was the first person that ever called me senior. And it was just like a Facebook thing. So I was able to like screenshot it and print it out. 
and I remember like when I saw it, like the first time a sailor called me senior after I made it was her and I almost cried. Not going to lie. Um, but then, so I got this card, right? This is, I've talked about this, um, on the podcast before where it's just like a thank you card I got, um, from a student when I was able to change their orders cause their, their mother was, uh, sick in, so she got ordered, the student got orders to Norfolk. The, the mom and the student were from San Diego. And so the mom was like going to pass away in the next six months from, I think, cancer. Um, and so like the chief, her, her instructor came to me and we were able to work it out. And, and she put this thank you card on my desk. Um, I never even met her. I don't know what she looks like. I don't like I've never met the student in real life. But this is one of the most important things that uh, I have in here just because it meant so much to me to like it was just a, a sim- really simple illustration of the fact that like what I'm doing is is making an impact on certain people. And I got a bunch of stuff like that in here, just cards and messages and Facebook posts. Like I, I had a sailor make us uh, get sailor the quarter or get mapped or whatever on ships in like Japan and stuff that, that I were my A school students or were kids that I put a lot of work into. And I've they put a post up thanking me and a bunch of, you know, other people as well, obviously. But um, but yeah. And then I've got like a card thanking me for being a, one guy's sponsor um, I think this is the same one. I don't know. This is from one of my old chiefs. He sent me a, a retirement beer. He like made his own beer for retirement and he sent me a card and it's just, uh, it was cool, but it said, um, it says at the beginning, it says, thank you for helping to make my career a success. You were the smartest CS I knew. I had no doubt you'd go far, which I mean, like this was a dude that I wanted to be at one point. So like that meant a lot to me. But yeah, like it's just, it's a scrapbook, it's a journal, it's a keepsake, it's something you'll have forever. Um, I've got all, like, you know, I've got all my little anchors on there. Um, I know my name at this point has already appeared like five times because I did a bad job of putting my fingers over it, but it's whatever. Um, And then like the vessel itself, it just holds the book. So it's literally, um, it just looks like this. My felt is kind of peeling a little bit, but it's just a box. I got some other crap in there that I haven't like put into the, uh, my book yet, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a vessel. Mine doesn't have a handle on it either. I kind of wish it did, but yeah, that's all it is. Um, it's not, there's nothing secretive about it. And I mean, there shouldn't be. And it's something that like, I, I kind of wish more people were more open about because I think it's, it's the coolest thing we do during the chief season. Um, there are definitely moments that I feel like they might be more valuable, but they, we always talk about like when you, when you finish, right. And and I'm in a unique position to understand and provide, uh, like an analysis of it's like when you're done, done, when you're growing a beard and like drawing a pension, what do you have left besides this? Like besides this little museum I've made in this room and this book that kind of it's it provides evidence that like i it's for me for me it's a reminder and evidence that i made a difference and that it was worth it um i look at like the little va app on my phone that has all those disabilities on there and it's like jason thompson once asked me like the importance of um like what I, he said, would I rather go through cancer treatment or miss like a, a message from a sailor need? And I like, it's like cancer. I'd rather go through cancer treatment again than miss that message. Um, 
And that's just the level of importance that these people had to me. And that like, I, uh, I know it was worth it. I have evidence. I just showed a documentary evidence in my mind to you that, um, I made a difference and that I was able to meet people's needs and that I must've been doing something right. Um, and it was worth it. Whatever, you know, pain I had to go through, whatever hardship I had to go through, it was worth it. Um, I hope that answers a question in, in someone's mind about this kind of stuff, especially the, the idea that like you could tell someone too much or you could like share too much, too much information or lessons or be too detailed in your, in your providing of, of leadership information, lessons learned stuff about being a good chief. Even, even in this type of a context, like if I was talking to an E3, I would show them, I'd let us E3 sign my charge book. Come at me. Like I, especially at this point, but like even back then I've had, I have officers in here. I have all kinds of like where they'll tell you, like you can't have officers sign your charge book, but then the CO signs it at the end. Like whatever. Like I just, it's my book. Um, I don't think, anything like I don't think there's anything that anyone could tell me that would make me feel differently about uh doing it the way that I've done it and viewing it the way that I view it just because of the history behind it you can't tell me I'm doing it wrong like good god you want to see what wrong is go read the tradition of change (laughs) I'm telling you there's some fun fun stuff in there um but yeah all right um I'm gonna wrap this up uh shout out to all my patrons shout out to uh William and Victoria and uh, I recently got another one. Um, so I'm up to like a whopping four now, but you guys are amazing. It, like just those ones alone, uh, it's like, it's helping so much with the ability to like pay the bills here and everything else. So like, I really, really appreciate all of you uh, for listening, but uh, like, I really appreciate anybody who has the means and can, if if, if you can, um, and only if you can go to patreon.com slash Diga's podcast, check out all the cool benefits that are there, um, for each Patreon tier. And if you, if you can consider subscribing, uh, it'd be really cool. It's super helpful and it's allowing me to, to expand certain things, which has taken some time, but I mean, we're getting there. The video's up like I, Damo's going to help me get better at it. Cause it's still doing the glitchy thing, which I'm working on. Apparently I bought the wrong camera. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then if you need anything from us, as always hit us up, don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast. Or you can DM me on Instagram, Reddit or discord at the guts podcast. Um, Again, if you want to support us, I'll skip the Patreon thing because I just said it, but you can go to dgutspodcast.com. Uh, there's a donate button on the website, or you can go to Dguts Apparel. Uh, it's Don't Give Up the Ship Apparel or dgutsapparel.com. Uh, get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. However you can, however you are willing to, however you're able, uh, any support's appreciated, even if it's just like a like, sub- share, and subscribe, that kind of thing. Uh, it, it all helps. It all adds up. It snowballs, and we really, really appreciate it. Uh, and that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship.